0: This past week, we lost a dear friend in our church. Ed Nichols passed away. Ed had been a preacher. Uh, he had been a, a missionary. He'd been a really good friend. Most of all, Ed would want to be known as a servant. That's, that's how he would describe himself. That's what he would want to be known for. Ed wasn't much for having a big fuss made over him and the things that he had been able to do with his life. Rather, it was Ed's goal just to serve. And in serving, it was his goal to not just serve people, but but find ways to encourage others to serve, to to help others find joy and purpose in serving. It wasn't enough for Ed to do it himself. He wanted someone to do it with him. As we continue in the Gospel of Luke this week, we come to a unique story. It's one that you might be familiar with. It's the feeding of the 5,000. It's a unique story because it's a miracle. Uh, It's an amazing display of Jesus's power. He takes just a few loaves and a few fish and he feeds a multitude of people. But it's also unique in another way. It's unique in that it is the only miracle of Jesus that is recorded in all four gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all want you to know this story. And, and you have to stop and ask why. Why is this story so important? It's important because it's not just about 5,000 people getting a free lunch from Jesus. This story is the very heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's the very heart of what it means to serve him and serve others. Let's take a look at the story. It begins in Luke chapter 9, verse 10. On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart to the town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away and the 12 came and said to him, send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countrysides to find lodging and get provisions for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, but we have no more than five loaves and two fish. "'unless we are to go and buy food for all these people.' "'For there were about 5,000 men. "'And he said to his disciples, "'Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each.' "'And they did so, and had them all sit down. "'And taking the five loaves and the two fish, "'he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. "'Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples "'to set before the crowd. "'And they all ate and were satisfied.' And what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. They all ate and were satisfied, is what verse 17 tells us. Do you remember the Old Testament? Do you remember the story of the Exodus back in the Old Testament? How the people of Israel wandered in the wilderness in the desolate places? And how God fed them by providing manna, bread from heaven is what God fed them. And do you remember what it says in the book of Exodus about that feeding, that miraculous feeding? It says the people ate, they ate their fill, and then they grumbled. And then they complained. But what does it say about this feast that Jesus provides. It says all ate and were satisfied. They were satisfied. There's no complaints. My compliments to the chef, five-star rating on Yelp. But you know, it's, it's not really about the food. It's about the host. It's about Jesus. Jesus's life here Was defined by his compassion. In fact, when Matthew and Mark both tell this story, they both highlight Jesus' compassion first. It's Mark who writes in Mark chapter 6, verse 34 when he went ashore and saw a great crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. You probably remember Psalm twenty three, the Lord is my shepherd. What does the shepherd do for the sheep in that in that psalm? He leads them to green pastures. You know, a shepherd has to lead the sheep to its food. Without the shepherd, the sheep will starve. Jesus looks at this crowd that has gathered to hear him, this crowd that has gathered to be healed, and he sees that they are hungry. Jesus' life here was defined. By his compassion, whatever else we see him doing, whatever else you see Jesus doing through the Gospels, look for his compassion. Whether he's teaching, whether he's healing, whether he's forgiving, even when he's correcting, compassion was a constant motivator. And where we see that most often is in the way Jesus showed compassion to those who were poor and those who were hungry. If you go back just a a couple of chapters to Luke chapter 6, verses 20 and 21, as Jesus begins his Sermon on the Plain, he begins with Beatitudes. And in Luke 6, 20 and 21, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And then he says, Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. They all ate and were satisfied. Jesus's life was defined by his compassion. Jesus keeps compassionate promises. It's in verse 12 that we read, "'Now the the day began to wear away, "'and the 12 came and said to him, "'Send the crowds away to go into the surrounding villages "'and countryside, to find lodging and get provisions, For we are here in a desolate place. And how does Jesus respond to his disciples? In verse 13, he says, you give them something to eat. You you take care of it. You give them something to eat. Not let them go take care of themselves. Not let them fend for themselves. No, because they they are like sheep without a shepherd, remember? And he has compassion on them. And in telling the disciples that that they are to give them something to eat, we see that Jesus is not limiting his compassion to himself. He's calling his disciples, he's calling his followers, he's he's calling you and me to participate in the compassion that he has demonstrated. Compassion should define the life of Jesus' followers. It should define our lives, just as it defined his. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul puts it this way. He says, put on then, put on then, clothe yourself, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. This is how a Christian is to dress themselves. This is how we prove who we belong to. The very first thing that Paul calls us to put on is compassionate hearts, hearts like Jesus. That that informs who we are. It defines us for ourselves, and it defines us for others as well. We are to be identified by our compassion if we are following Jesus. And so it's the 12 in this story. Who want to send the people away, go fend for themselves. But Jesus says, no, no, you feed them. And they respond in verse 13 and tell Jesus, well, we have no more than five loaves of fish and and two, or five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. In other words, we don't even have enough for ourselves, Jesus. We don't even have enough for ourselves, and we're going to look out for ourselves first. That's not Jesus' heart. That's not his plan. That's not his compassion. But it is his plan to involve others in his compassion. It's his plan to involve his followers. He wants us to be known for our compassion also. I remember talking to my friend Ed about the work that he did in Africa as a missionary and the, the people that he served there, the, the people that he loved, the people that he gave so much of his own life to, to serve there. And Ed would be very honest and very frank about the work that he did there. He would even tell me what he did wrong, what he felt the missionaries had done wrong. He said the greatest mistake that they made while they were serving as missionaries in Africa, the greatest mistake they made was in doing it all for the people. In other words, not teaching the people how to do it themselves. Because of that, they built a dependency upon the missionaries. They built a dependency upon the American churches. They built a dependency upon us when they could have been learning how to take care of themselves Later on in his life, he did all that he could to repair that mistake. He wanted the Christians in Africa to know the joy of caring, of providing, and of of serving each other. There's something something I wonder about this miracle. Look at the heart of the story in verses 14 through 16. Luke says there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so and had them all sit down and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. And he broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the crowd. Who fed the crowd? Well, on one level, we would say Jesus fed them. Obviously, we would say this is a miracle that Jesus performed but who gave them the food? It was the 12. It was his disciples. It was his followers. I have to wonder if the average person in that crowd of 5,000 had any idea that there had been a miracle. I have to wonder if the average person even knew that a miracle had happened, or did they simply know that these followers of Jesus, these these disciples of Jesus, these people who wanted to be like Jesus had just provided for them, that these followers of Jesus had just shown them compassion in their poverty and in their hunger, that these followers of Jesus are the ones who had just satisfied their need. You see, this this miracle isn't really about what Jesus did for the crowd. It's about what his followers did. How they encountered a hungry multitude and through Jesus, they engaged them, they fed them. And it's a reminder to you and me that the compassion we show overflows with God's grace. It's no longer about Jesus and his compassion. It's about his disciples. It's about those who love him and how his compassion activates us to serve, to feed the hungry, to care for the sick, to bless those that cannot care for themselves and to satisfy their needs. It's about more than that, though. It's, it's not just about meeting that one need. It's about how we, when we serve, it, it overflows in grace to others, grace that fills their lives. The compassion that we show overflows with God's grace. Again, verses 16 and 17. Verse 16 tells us, Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd, and they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up twelve baskets of broken pieces. Why? (laughs) Why did there need to be leftovers? What's the message in having leftovers? Is the message that, well, Jesus just doesn't know when to turn a miracle off. Uh, Slow down, Jesus. Enough's enough. We're running out of Tupperware. No, what's the message? There's 12 basketfuls of broken pieces. There's 12 disciples who said they didn't have enough to feed the multitude. Jesus took their lack and he turned it into abundance. There's now enough to share with others. There's enough for people to take home a doggy bag and share with those who who weren't there. Uh, The lesson is about God's grace and how in his compassion, enough just isn't enough. His grace overflows in the way that we care for others, in the way that we provide for others. That's a lesson that the disciples carried with them into Luke's next book, into the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we read about that early church meeting in Jerusalem and then eventually filling the world. And it's there in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, "...they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers." And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all the believers, all who believed, were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. They remembered the day he broke bread and fed the multitude. And then they fed their own. And they told others, this is how Jesus loves you. This is how we, his disciples, his followers, this is how we love you and his grace overflowed, and people were satisfied. I think of the way we've cared for people and the way we've fed people here at Kansas Christian Church. During the school year, we have lunches every Wednesday. For the students, the high school students that are at our local school, we feed them a home-cooked meal and we give them an opportunity to relax and enjoy that with one another. We have something we call the generous bucket here at Kansas Christian Church, and we encourage everyone every week just to put $1, just $1 in the generous bucket. And then we use that money at the end of the month to, to find someone with a need. We supply food, we supply clothing, we've supplied medicine, we've, we've supplied other needs, And then I could tell you of the generosity, not just of this church, but of the individuals who make up this church, who are reaching out to their neighbors, who are reaching out to the world around us. And in every case, the compassion of Jesus overflows from our lives, and the result is grace that flows into the lives of others. I think about my friend, my good friend, David Upchurch. David was blessed to get to take a trip to Africa with Ed Nichols, and he had an amazing time, just a life-changing time. But David would admit to you that he got tired of one thing. He got tired of the food. Everywhere they went, it was chicken. Not cooked chicken like we have here, mind you, but boiled chicken. Every village they went to, every home they stayed in, every church they stayed in, they would have a feast for them, and they would serve boiled chicken. He said by the end of the trip, he could not stand the thought of one more chicken. So they headed home. He and Ed had a layover in London where they had to spend the the night. And Ed said, let's go out for dinner. He told David, you pick the restaurant and I will pay. So they took the tube down to Piccadilly where there is every option available, every kind of restaurant, every ethnicity, every nationality, all different kinds of food. And David said he was having a hard time choosing an Ed. In the meantime, Ed was getting hungry. And, and telling David, you, you've got to pick something. Let's pick something soon. Let's eat. He looked at all of his options and he finally picked that one restaurant. That night they ate <laughs> that Kentucky fried chicken. And David said he sat there with his piece of fried chicken and his coleslaw and sat across the table from our friend Ed and he looked across and said, you know what? This tastes like Home. The story of the feeding of the 5,000 ends with verse 17. In verse 17, with 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread. Hmm. 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread. Where else? Where else in the Bible, where else in the Gospels do we read about broken pieces of bread? Towards the end of his Gospel in Luke 22, verse 19 Luke will tell us that he, Jesus, took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I can't say that it tastes like home. I I can't say that yet, but it reminds us of the home that we share. And it reminds us of the hope that we share. Because Jesus had compassion on us, let's make sure that others see his compassion in us. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you. I thank you for stories like the feeding of the 5,000. I thank you for the opportunity we have to take communion every week and the reminder uh, of the sacrifice, the compassion that sent Jesus to the cross for his body to be broken, his blood to be shed. We also thank you for those who come into our lives, who through their compassion show us what it means to follow you, to serve you. And not only that, but who invite us alongside them to serve in compassion to make your compassion known in our world. We thank you for our brother Ed, who gave so much of his life to making Jesus known, to to, to sharing his love. And we thank you for the hope that we share with Ed and the hope that there's going to be another meal that we share together. And on that day, it it will surely taste like home. Lord, thank you for my friends who are partaking today. I pray you remind them not only of what your son has done for them, but what he's called us to do for others. How we are to show compassion to those who need it so desperately in our world. How we are to make Jesus' compassion known through ours. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in peace. Go in compassion.